Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 317 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading a new book today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and our focus is on what is the coming wrath that Jesus rescues us from. So, thanks for listening. I want to welcome some new listeners from all the way in Hormozgan, Iran, Al Jazeera, Egypt, Western Cape, South Africa, Nuevo León, Mexico, West Bengal, India, New South Wales, Australia, Scotland, United Kingdom, Houston, Texas, Los Angeles, California. California, Selma, Alabama, Yakima, Washington, Kansas City, Missouri, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and Charlotte, North Carolina. I appreciate all of you listening and talking about the show with your friends and neighbors and inviting them to check out our website, which is Bible2021.com. That's uh, 2021, so spell it out, B-I-B-L-E, 2021.com. New book today, 1 Thessalonians, and it has very short chapters, but lots of great truths, including one of the more detailed passages on the last days, the Antichrist, what happens after death, and several more great discussion items. Now, because our focus is on the very last sentence of the chapter, let's go ahead and read the whole chapter, then we'll discuss it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. We know how we lived among you for your benefit, and you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord when, in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, for the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Therefore, We don't need to say anything, for they themselves report what kind of reception we had from you, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So the church in Thessalonica has apparently had a tremendous impact in the world around it in a very short time since Paul and Silas founded it. Notice the glowing way at the beginning of the chapter that Paul speaks of their conversion and their subsequent impact. He says, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, for the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Fascinating. But then he concludes that with this statement in verse 10, uh, verse 9 and 10, They, the people of Macedonia and Achaia, report what kind of reception we had from you, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, 
Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. Well, Thessalonica is a city in Greece. It's a few hundred miles north of Athens and right on the east coast of the Aegean Sea. Interestingly enough, it's still a city today, the second largest city in Greece, with a metropolitan population of like over a million people. Now, if you're imagining that this is an ancient city, well, it's actually fairly modern, sadly, because a great fire destroyed most of the city in 1917 and most of it had to be rebuilt. Acts 17 gives us kind of a brief overview of the founding of the church in Thessalonica. Verse 1 of Acts 17 says, They passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia. They came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As usual, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, including a large number of God-fearing Greeks, as well as a number of the leading women. But the Jews became jealous, and they brought together some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. Well, look, let's be honest. This does not sound like a good start to that church at all. Paul and Stylus, Silas only stayed with them like a few weeks, less than a month, and then a riot happened, and that basically ran Paul and Silas out of the city, and they went on to a place called Berea, where Acts 17 tells us the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians, and they eagerly listened to God's word. Well, strangely, sometime between Acts chapter 17 and when Paul and Silas write to the church at Thessalonica, something big happened. The church there had grown and matured, and they were impacting the world. What an amazing work of God out of like a month of time that Paul and Silas spent there. Well, let's talk about that last verse uh, that mentions Jesus rescuing us from the coming wrath. What does that mean? What coming wrath does Jesus rescue us from? Now, we're going to have to skip ahead a bit to answer this question, both in time and in the book of Thessalonians. But if we get all the way to 1 Thessalonians 5, it's going to explain the coming wrath that Paul is speaking of. Let's pick it up in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1, which says, About the times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need anything to be written to you. For you yourselves know very well that, that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. When they are saying peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the dark for this day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness, so then... Let us not sleep like the rest, but let us stay awake and be self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled and put on the armor of faith and love and a helmet of the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul is saying, trouble is coming. The wrath of God is coming, but God didn't appoint us to that. He appointed us to being saved. Now, that day of wrath is an Old Testament concept that we see all throughout the Bible. For instance, Psalm 110, verse 5, the Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his anger. 
Isaiah the prophet warns about the wrath of the Lord in Isaiah 13, 13. God says, therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its foundations at the wrath of the Lord of armies on the day of his burning anger. That is terrifying. The prophet Ezekiel also mentions this in various places, including Ezekiel 7.19, which says, They will throw their silver into the streets, and their gold will seem like something filthy. Their silver and gold will be unable to save them in the day of the Lord's wrath. They will not satisfy their appetites or fill their stomachs, for these were the stumbling blocks that brought about their iniquity. Also, the prophet Zephaniah, The great day of the Lord is near near and rapidly approaching. Listen, the day of the Lord, then the warrior's cry is bitter. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of destruction and desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and total darkness. That's Zephaniah 1, 14 and 15. The prophet Joel calls it the great and terrible day of the Lord. Paul also talks about this day of wrath in Romans 2, verse 5. He says, because of your hardened and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment is revealed. And you know what? Jesus talks about it too. How about Luke 21, 22 through 24? He says, because these are days of vengeance to fulfill all the things that are written. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will be killed by the sword and be led captive in all the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, who is this wrath coming from? Uh, How is it coming upon the world? Uh, Who is the one who brings the wrath? Well, interestingly, and almost paradoxically, the answer is Jesus. We're talking about the Lamb's wrath here. We see that in Revelation chapter 6, verse 15 and 16, which is a description of this day of wrath. Verse 15 says, The kings of the earth, the nobles, the generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Because the great day of their wrath has come and who is able to stand? Well, look, we're going to cover this more deeply as we go through First Thessalonians. But the horrifying and comforting reality is that Jesus is going to come back and judge the world. And Nobody will be able to stand under his judgment, and yet, here it is. He himself is the one who rescues us from that. How does he rescue us? Does he rescue the best and brightest, the prettiest and most popular, the rich and powerful, the strong and mighty, the saints and sinless? No, he rescues those who have been saved by grace through faith in him alone. He is our salvation, he is our rescue, and he is the almighty coming king that is coming to judge judge both the quick and the dead. Tremble and rejoice and look to him to save you. Well, let's close with John 14, 6, which is our Bible memory passage for the month of November. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Good day to you, friends. Grace and peace and Godspeed.